0: For way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top 5s and deep dives, we're to PTM.
1: Top 5s and deep dives, we're to of PTM. Top 5s and deep dives, we're to PTM. Top 5s and deep dives, we're of PTM.
0: Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. These top fives and deep dives. This is Justin over here on this end. We got Mike over in the UK.
1: Man, it's good. We made it. 2021, New Year, back on the cast. Everything feels right again.
0: It does. It really does. And, you know, we may have... uh, There's one episode that already released in 2021, but if you have been listening episode after episode you know that it was not recorded in 2021 so this is in my eyes the official first episode of the new year
1: looking forward to a full year of the bot. cannot wait
0: oh me either dude it, i'm so glad that we finally started it after talking about it for almost five years for um for real and we start off the year i think i mean so we had Top five 90s one hit wonders that we dropped on January 3rd. But, uh, yeah, I mean, right now, kicking off the year with some Tenacious D, JB and KG, Jack Black and Kyle Gass, Jables and Cage, Jables and Cage, the one and only Tenacious D, the greatest band on earth, self proclaimed. And, I mean, th- th- these guys were due for a deep dive from us. We, we both, True. they're legends of our youth and, and still. And I'd say for any guy that grew up when we did, you could not not be obsessed with the first Tenacious D album.
1: Yeah, you you can't overstate uh how big they were when we were like in middle school, coming into high school and the first album dropped, they were everywhere. And, and it was, it was incredible. And that will always hold them dear for that reason.
0: Yeah. And, and Jack Black, his career trajectory is just insane. It's like, he, he sort of blew up in the acting world right around the time that Tenacious D's debut album came out in 2001. Um, And he only has had like an upward trajectory from there.
1: Yeah. And we've, we've, I've talked about it on the pod before, and and School of Rock is legendary and it deserves all the praise that it gets. But I really, really love the supporting roles of Jack Black. And I feel like he's gotten so many of those good ones since that time, you know. And I mean, King Kong and and Jumanji now, he just pops up in these series and just undeniably makes them better.
0: Dude, how underrated is his King Kong? Like, Spot like I feel like nobody talks about that movie anymore. That movie is fantastic,
1: dude. And he has a whole like kind of bonus track about King Kong in the discography that we'll talk about. Yes, big King Kong guy,
0: and he's 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 amazing in the recent Jumanji films. He's he steals the show in those, um, yeah,
1: really, really does.
0: I mean, Kung Fu Panda, which Kyle is also in, by the way, but uh, he voice, you know, Jack voices Poe.
1: I Jack- don't know anyone that really doesn't like Jack Black. He just brings a smile to your face. Like he has that almost like Will Ferrell in the sense that he's absolutely constantly trying to entertain and you just love him for it.
0: 100%. It seems like everyone everyone watching films and I mean anyone that knows Jack Black that isn't a personal friend of his loves him. Everyone in the industry itself seems to love him that actually know him. He just seems like a great all-around guy. It's and, like there's you know,
1: KG KG's just not quite out there as much, obviously. But, you know, when he's around another legend.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there is no Tenacious D without either of them. And it's just it's amazing sort of how the story goes at this point with, you know, Jax, the big movie star. KG is not so much known, but an absolute legend. Um But yeah, I mean, oh my God, Jack Black, we won't go, we don't have to go too much further, but just Tropic Thunder, like, obviously, um, I'm like, oh my God, his cameo in Anchorman, we've got, I mean, there's so many cameos, but then of course. His
1: cameo in Anchorman is one of the greatest of all time.
0: It is unfortunate. We will do a
1: greatest cameos episode, and that is in contention.
0: That is absolutely in contention. We've already talked about, uh, outside of cameos, we've already talked about School of Rock. You know, we got to mention Orange County, Shallow House, Saving Silverman, High Fidelity. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. Enemy of the State, how can we not mention, that's a great fucking supporting role of his in a different role than he usually does. Although he also is in the Jackal hilariously. But, um, I mean... Mars Attacks, Tenacious D making their first ever film appearance in Biodome in 96. The man's a goddamn legend.
1: Maybe even the holiday coming off Christmas time. Maybe okay. you watched
0: it. How did I forget? How did I forget? I did watch it over the holidays. It was delightful. Um, Oh, man. Jack Black, fucking legend. Kyle Gass, another goddamn legend who besides being in Tenacious D, also has some other projects, Trainwreck, which is was his sort of solo side project that then turned into the Kyle Gass, the Kyle Gas project that then turned back into Trainwreck when they reunited in 2018. I mean, also, he wears the Trainwreck shirt the entire Pick a Destiny film. Yes. Um
1: also in Undeclared, I think we mentioned that when I mentioned the show on our top five yes. underrated TV shows, but he's just randomly like Jason Segel's friend.
0: KG has some unreal cameos. He really does. But anyhow, I guess the first thing to say about Tenacious D is so that they're a comedy rock duo. They, I mean, Mike, you can, you can add to this if you think there's anything else to say, but... I mean, within this comedy rock realm, they actually are really fucking good musicians. And Kyle is fantastic at guitar. They both play acoustic guitars. Jack has an unbelievable voice and can hit these ridiculous falsettos. And so a lot of the music is sort of this acoustic um sort of... Uh, Acoustic-led rock, but I'd say almost with like a, almost with like a, like a musical Broadway-ish twist to it. Rock opera, you could say.
1: Yeah, in a sense, and and it's really—I mean—you hit on it. But for me, the whole thing doesn't work unless they're actually good musicians, like unless the music is actually worth listening to, and that's what really puts them above a lot of. Uh, you know, musical comedy, if you want to call it that.
0: Totally. It's like Jack Black, n- not enough can be said about how incredible this guy's voice is. I just, it doesn't, I don't understand how a human can have as much talent as Jack Black. He's funny. as he has an amazing voice and he's good at acting. It's just like, okay. But anyways, they formed in LA in 1994. Um. I actually didn't know this until this deep dive, but the duo's name comes from a phrase that was used by Marv Albert, the NBA basketball sportscaster, where he would say tenacious defense. And I guess that's part of where tenacious D came from. Did you know that before?
1: I know. I, I didn't know that either. And they, I guess that they basically crowdsourced the name at one of their earliest shows. Even though it doesn't seem like anyone picked tenacious D, they just sort of went with it. Anyway, and now, you know, I'm, I'm skipping ahead, but I like to think that their name actually derived from how it derives in Pick of Destiny, which we'll talk about. That That's become the new
0: origin story for me. Oh my god, oh my god, yeah, it's amazing. I'm like, amazing. So, I guess to take get really far back, JB and KG, they first met in 1986. So ten, what what is that, ten, eight years before they actually started the band, um, they were both members of the Actors Gang, which is like a a theater group in L.A. Um, and I guess, I mean, you never know how much they're joking because they joke a lot in their interviews. But <laughs> apparently they weren't like initially like buddies when they met or whatever. Um But then became a lot more friendlier. I guess they went on a trip to Edinburgh and they became good friends on the trip. And so then they learned how much they each loved music, blah, blah, blah. I guess Jack Black didn't learn guitar until he was 23. And apparently... Kyle would teach. So apparently some of like the movie is true where Kyle teaches Jack about things. Apparently Kyle did teach Jack to play guitar in return for food. There's
1: definitely a kernel of truth in like the first half hour of the movie. Like it's yeah. obviously an exaggerated version, but it's, it's kind of real.
0: It's which makes it all the better. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. So then anyway, I guess, they started writing songs and their second song jack showed well i don't know if kyle never heard it but jack was listening to one by metallica told kyle this is the best song in the world and (laughs) kyle was like well we can't write the best song in the world and jack apparently was like well let's write let's write a tribute therefore tribute is born their most famous it's insane
1: song that it's their like, I mean, basically their first song, right? It's just insane, uh, yeah, <laughs> like <wow.
0: laughs> it's their most famous to this day, it's absolutely legendary, but um, yeah, it's ridiculous. And so, anyways, they ended up finally playing their first gig in '94. And what's funny to me, Mike, is how their debut album doesn't come out till 2001, so it's like they get you know they get the name tenacious d and they end up playing around some of these local la spots and it's so they did shows it like if you're familiar with the la area al's bar pedro's uh largo um some at the actors gang studio and you know apparently they started to get a residency in 97 at the viper room Very, very, uh, you know, legendary small venue here. And I guess that's where they met Dave Grohl. And he thought they were fucking great. Started a very long relationship, a deep-rooted friendship between him, Jack, and Kyle. And to this day, Grohl, he does the drums on Tenacious D albums. And... He plays the devil in the movie uh, that you know is in the song. How, how do you, fu- Mike? I always get tripped up on the on the name of the song. Um, oh, Boss? Yes, yes. And you know, so he's the devil's voice in that, and he just fucking love man. There, he loves these guys. I remember I saw the Foo Fighters for Dave's birthday in January 2015. They played this massive show in the round where, you know, their stage was in the middle of the crowd, fully 360, and he had Tenacious D come out to do um, a Led Zeppelin song with him, and it was just, I mean, they're such good friends. Lots of crossover with Dave Grohl, Jack Black, and Kyle Grass. Dude, and
1: like you said, it is it is a little bit insane because so early on in their career, before they have an album, you know, Dave loves them. Maydard from Tool supports them in a large way. You David know, they Cross. end up getting the show on HBO. David Cross is there, Bob Odenkirk. All these people support them literally before anyone really heard their music.
0: Insane. Absolutely insane that that's the case. And I mean, you can only... It's no wonder that they became so big, obviously, with all that behind them. So it's like, I mean, before their first album came out, they'd done cameos in multiple movies. They had their little TV show, short-lived three-episode TV show on HBO, and they'd been in the Learn to Fly music video for the Foo Fighters in 1999.
1: Biodome in 96 incredible.
0: Yeah, Biodome in 96. What are the sure. other cameos that I'm missing? It's um they're in Oh, they're in the Cable Guy in 96.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And, I mean, these are a, these I don't know these next two movies, maybe you do, but they were in Bongwater in 97 Dude. and Cradle Will Rock in 99.
1: In Bongwater, Jack plays like Almost the entire Jesus Ranch, like just in the middle of the movie, it's just like, no. like nothing else is happening. It's just like a close up of him hanging out around a campfire, playing like the entire song.
0: Wait, dude, I need to watch this movie. I'm looking it up right now. I I absolutely need to see this. Great cast.
1: It's a uh, yeah. It's a trip. It's definitely <laughs> a
0: trip. Um, but yeah, then in 2001, of course, they both. I mean, Jack was a big part in both of these movies, but Saving Silverman and Chalo Hal. Um, two classics yeah and it's I mean it's just insane so it's like all these and the TV show of course they started in 97 now think about 97 HBO this is before I mean HBO was highly regarded but it's before they took so much like made so much content so it's like they were very selective in what they made and they decided to make this little tenacious D show with with the boys and along with David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. So, anyways, it's pretty crazy, honestly, Mike. That it took years to just put out three, th- barely thirty minute episodes. But it was yeah. seen yeah. all tied to HBO. Not not the guys themselves taking that long. Sounds like HBO wanted to do a ten episode season. But they wanted Jack and Kyle to take their names off as executive producers, pretty much steal control of the show from them. And they opted not to do that, which I think ended up working out for them in the long run. But yeah, you, should we talk a little bit about the show? I mean, I, I thought, it, dude, I hadn't watched these since I was so young. And when I was much younger, I actually remembered not liking them at all and being like, i I love the first album, but i'm I'm not getting this show and I rewatched them this week and I was like, these are fucking great like,
1: dude I, I completely agree I mean, I probably haven't seen them since I bought the masterworks yes uh,
0: that's exactly
1: and, and yeah man and I, I the first one's a little bit slow for me, mm-hmm. and then they really pick up and it kind of makes you i mean they do sort of follow through with this later on, but it really makes me appreciate the visual component of kind of all of their music. I, I like that they did it here and like there's certain, you know, in uh, kind of the second half, let's say, of the first episode where they have the whole like karate skit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now when I listen to karate, that's what I think of. Like I just I, – I'm always like I'm picturing that moment and uh, it ad- definitely adds something.
0: I totally agree. And then, of course, like Kyle quit the band with – what happens in the first little part of the app, and then tribute, of course, the tribute story, the road. Did John C. Riley as Sasquatch. Oh my God, amazing. Again, it's like, how did they get these fucking guys back then? It's insane. just insane. Uh, and
1: how, how good is, is Paul F. Tompkins starting like every single episode at the open mic with being like, uh, they told me to say this, but.
0: He's the absolute MVP of the show.
1: So don't stick around if you don't want some cream in your jeans. <laughs> it's, just like, it's, just
0: it's unbelievable. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, the show is so great, man. Like, again, just for anyone listening, if you haven't seen the show, I feel like if you, if you like Tenacious D, it, it might actually be the one thing you haven't seen. And I feel like most people that like the band – have listened to at least a couple of the albums and seen the movie but if you haven't if the TV series slipped under your radar i mean you can finish the entire thing in 1 hour go do it it's it's and definitely they, worth your
1: They play most of the songs from the first album in the show but there's also a few things that actually don't make it to the first album so it's it's definitely worth it I and mean, it's, it's it's funny so- i think it's worth it would have been worth the series if they could have obviously had some creative control
0: Agreed. And it's like some songs that don't make the album and then even some songs that actually are held off till the second album.
1: True. Yeah.
0: And I got to say, like, obviously we'll talk a little bit more about these down the line, but some of the, I mean, I guess we could talk about them now, but I'm really surprised that a couple of these songs, Mike, didn't make the first album. I thought there were a few songs that are like really fucking high quality that I was a little bit surprised didn't make the first album.
1: Dude, 100%. So Sasquatch is a song that I love because it's hilarious. Oh, my God. It's it's great. And, uh, I mean, so I think Warning, they only play like a a tidbit of it in like the last episode there, but Mm. that's that's an underrated track. And then, uh, dude, the end of, say, the first half of episode three, which is like the Lee story. And, and obviously, if you know Tenacious D, you know about Lee, but we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit. And uh, when they play special things together at the end, that's just a great moment.
0: Great moment. Also, I want to drop maybe my favorite song from the series that I cannot believe is not officially released is Kyle Took a Bullet for Me.
1: Oh, yeah, true, true.
0: Which, like I went back and and listened to it again today because I was like, oh my god, like I really like that song, and it has some incredible vocals by by Jack and just some great classic tenacious deharmonizing between Jack and Kyle. It's hell of a song, as well as Jesus Ranch. Jesus Ranch is fucking great too.
1: Yeah, and that's another one that well, luckily it does show up in a few places later on, yes. but uh, it's definitely one that I think benefits from having the entire sort of sketch uh, to, to fall back on.
0: Agreed. Agreed. But, it, I mean, think about it. We just, we just shouted out, like, four or five songs that are not even on the album that are really good. Yeah. It's really, for really sure, good. For
1: sure. And it's all just – it's really – I mean, like you said, it's three episodes, just over an hour total. Um, and it's, it's kind of a shame uh, that nothing ever came of it in the future because, you know, they have a good – there's a good dynamic there where they are the band and they are singing their unique songs. But at the same time, there's a lot of humor that's not actually related to the songs. And it's more kind of about their life as a band. I, I do think on some level, it probably would have been difficult for them to keep doing the show. Cause obviously you have to just keep writing music specifically for that, but it's, there's, there's a lot there and uh, definitely, definitely worth a watch.
0: Absolutely agree. And from there, The legend really started to grow with the release of Tenacious D, the debut self, you know, self-titled album in 2001. And I mean, how is a debut this good, Mike?
1: It's it's really unbelievable. It's uh, I don't.
0: I would argue the day in life that we do a top five debut albums, this will be at least in the conversation.
1: It's it's really like we said, like it's that, you know, the blend of like actually, you know, good music and like all the laughs and it's just chock full. I mean, to, to pick out specific songs from this album is going to be a little bit hard, though we'll try because it's literally front to back. There's no reason to skip anything. All the skits are hilarious. Uh, we And we've talked about skits that, like, a lot of times they're sort of unnecessary on albums. But, mm-hmm. like, this thing, just absolute killer. Absolute,
0: absolute killer. Absolute. And, you know, critically, it was received pretty well. And commercially, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. It, it went platinum. They sold over a million records of a comedy, technically a comedy rock album. It's just this thing blew up. They blew up. And... Just to, you know, give you a real quick run through of the album, it starts, number there's 21 songs, I'm just going to roll through them, we've got Kielbasa, then we've got the One Note song, which is one of the skits, Tribute, Wonderboy, Hard Fucking, which is a skit, Fucker Gently at number six, Explosivo, Dio, Inward Singing, which is another skit, Cock with the Band, The Road, The Cock Push-Up skit, Lee, The Friendship Test skit, Friendship, Karate Schnitzel skit, Karate... Rock Your Socks, the infamous drive-through skit, double team, and we end off with the epic City Hall. So, 21 tracks. Again, Dave Grohl does the drums for the majority of the album. They've got some other heavy hitters on here, too. I know. Who do they have? They have one of the guys from Fish on here. I know. Um, Paige McConnell of Fish. Um, Dust Brothers produced the album. And it's just, oh man, it's where do we start, Mike? Where do we fucking start?
1: I mean, I, I guess we start at the top at Kilbasa. Yeah. I mean, it really sets the tone for the album and is maybe the catchiest song on the album. Is, is that a hot take? I don't know. Like, no, it, it's just... I
0: think I agree with that notion. It's so fu- there is no other song that could have opened this album. No. And
1: it was, it very, very briefly appeared in the TV show in like a funny moment, but never got its, its sort of due uh, until this. And it just, wow, it just lets you know exactly where you are.
0: It, it lets you know where you are, lets you know what's to come. And Kielbasa, I think, funny enough, you know, wasn't one of the singles, but it may as well have been because I think anyone that truly knows Tenacious D, that's one of the probably one of the first five songs they're going to bring up if yeah yeah what's you know what are some tenacious d songs you know people say the singles but then right after that you're going to hear Kilbasa.
1: the the live performance they have on the masterworks uh where they did the show in london it's absolutely insane people go crazy for obviously like a specific set of songs and Kilbasa is just
0: bananas i can confirm as someone who after many years of trying to see them live and failing finally, after moving to LA, I saw them a few times and Kielbasa is one of, if not the best live song. It's just the climactic moment. Um, You, you know, the part, Mike, the uh, tenacious D time, you motherfuckers go
1: fuck. Yeah. Fuck it's
0: just, I mean, it's, it's, one of their best uh, sort of breakdown climax moments in any of their songs. It's so fucking good. What a note. What a high note to start the album on. It's like, and we, we, you know, as you guys know, if you've listened to a deep dive episode, some of these albums, we're just going to glaze through a few songs. This album, we're probably going to talk about the majority of it just because it's so iconic in their discography. And just, there's a lot to talk about, but, the skits will probably mostly glaze over. One I think we can glaze over one note song. It's a good skit, but it leads us into tribute which as we mentioned earlier their biggest song. And shit man, I mean they updated a little bit from the version we get in the TV show and it's 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 a certified banger.
1: It it absolutely is. And and I will I will give a bit of a hot take here, which is like over the course of this week, I realized that Tribute has kind of fallen out of the rotation a bit for me. Wow. I, I don't know. I mean, it, to say that I've heard it like a million times and it's still legendary, but but something about it is, uh, I would say it's, it's, not, it's not top five for me on this album anymore.
0: Okay. And I, you know what? Yeah, I guess you could say hot take, but like... I think, especially with this album, it's so goddamn good that depending on just the time in your life or just how often you've been yeah. listening to certain songs, certain songs can come and go out of your favorites on this one. And I think that's totally fair. I do think it is one of their better songs. like For, for sure.
1: And it's it's a great concept for a song but that never fails to deliver in that way.
0: Totally. And it leads into one of their other big songs, Wonder Boy, um, which is a very mystical sort of song in, in sound and in scope. And dude, this song always, always did it for me. I feel like this song was like, did it for some people, didn't do it for some people. It, it does it for me. Dude,
1: always did it, always did it for me, and still does. I mean, and the, and the video, the Spike Jones video, which, like in retrospect, looks like it's some John Snow shit. And not watching it in like twenty twenty, mm-hmm. but it's like mm-hmm. that same like very mystical. It's a way better video than tribute, which is sad that tribute never really got like a sort of updated big budget version, so to say. But like, hundred percent, man, dude, Wonder Boy. I mean, I if you. I mean back in two thousand two or whatever, obviously, but like, you know, watching uh like Sports Center, they would they would quote the song like every fucking oh day. God. Like that's Levitation Holmes anytime somebody like dunked or like robbed a home run. And and even now, dude, shout out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson still coming out to Wonderboy and kicking everybody's ass.
0: Yes. It's just It's unreal. And 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 the the guitar playing in this is really, really like I mean, the guitar playing is good across the album, but I'm just saying, like, the guitar playing and the sort of almost the melodic sounds to it in this are so good.
1: Yeah, and and this the the combination of it is really it just really works. Kyle totally compliments Jack, who's just on his on his ridiculous shit, and it's it's just a, a legendary combo.
0: Jack is just hitting the notes throughout this one yeah kills it great song then we have the hard fucking skit then we have an, the other singers So that we're hitting all three singles early tribute wonder boy and then f- the third single fucker gently which is a uh <laughs> is definitely when we were younger all of us as you know young teenagers would giggle at this one and thought this was the greatest thing ever but uh it's still a great song. It's it's I, I love it. I mean there's just nothing bad to say about it. It's an absolute tenacious D classic. And it has the funny little animated music video. Um I think I, I like the other two singles, I think, more personally. But I I love all three. And actually, I think one of at least one of the times I saw the D they ended the entire show with this which was just such a hilariously epic way to finish the show
1: dude i i was gonna say so you're absolutely right that this was huge for like somewhat obvious reasons when we were younger and less mature and conveniently i've matured exactly zero since those days because it's still (laughs) fucking legendary i just i think this song is is actually genius like and maybe that's slightly over the top but like The amount of laughs uh, and just sort of the dichotomy of like the tenderness of how he's singing it with how over the top the song is, what you (laughs) get in a two minute two minute package is, is truly
0: amazing. It really is. And by the way, for me personally, when I say, oh, it's my least favorite of the three singles, that doesn't really mean much because these are like three of the most fucking wonderful songs by this band. So I hold it in very high regard still. But, yeah, I agree, dude. It's fucking amazing. I'm not going to cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar. Dude, and and
1: even just that's fucking teamwork. I can't even tell you how many times I've said that in the last two
0: decades. Unbelievable amounts of times. But, anyways, so we we have Fucker Genly. We go into Explosivo, which... I mean, dude, this is a fucking jam. I actually think that is like one of the sort of underrated tracks. It's just, I fucking love it, man. Dude, Open so with-
1: I don't even know if I love Explosivo, but it yeah. just has some incredible moments. Like just the very, very beginning. You're yes. yes. just like, I can up at my faithful steed. You're just like, and oh we Jesus.
0: gonna ride, gonna smoke some weed. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: And then just, yeah, the rest of the song, What's the name of my girlfriend? I don't know, but she's built like the shit and she's good to go. (laughs) Just like, yes, 100%. I love that. Oh my God.
0: But real. Then we obviously go into Dio, which is like, they're, you know, they fucking love Ronnie James Dio. So it's like their sort of tribute to him. Um, I mean,. Uh, Dio isn't like as big for me as, as certain other songs but I, again we're on it we're talking about an album that is like classic after classic
1: Dude I I actually love Dio I always have and in some I way knew I know it's going to be a big one Like I mean I had you know I would listened to a small amount of Sabbath before this album came out cuz we were like 11 but then like you know the sort of dynamic of the Dio era and like solo Dio and just how big it is for them it's just it's 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 one of those songs that's it's low key heartfelt because Dio is is like JB's hero and then just totally. like yeah it's it's just epic and again it's so short that it's just like it never kind of uh, never loses its luster for me I, I really love that song
0: dude that's the thing with so many songs on this album is they're so short that they pack such a punch exactly exactly and. We then go through Inward singing the skip, but then on the other side of that, we have Kyle Quit the Band, which is so, uh, sort of another classic of the band, we'll say. But
1: Another really funny concept song,
0: too. Yes, yes. And super short, but again, packs such a punch out in a minute yeah. and a half. Agreed. Um, great track. Then we have The Road, which I think is a super underrated Tenacious D song.
1: Oh, take it away, because I don't really love The Road. So I want to hear
0: this. I love The Road. I, I see, like, when I always see sort of what people's favorites are, I never see The Road pop up. The Road has got to be one of the songs I jam out that for the past 20 years I've jammed out the most to. And it's just, I think for me it's because I love the idea of The Road. And, like, I'm, besides that I just really love traveling and sort of, like, Being on the road in that sense, the road that they're talking about, sort of being on the, you know, on a tour is something I've always sort of dreamed of in my love of live shows and just music in general. And I just love, of course, the sort of comedic take on it, but also I feel like it has a little bit of a, um, sort of like a, like a, how would I describe the feel of the song? Um, it's almost like a little like upbeat like jazzy like like uh, uh what's the fucking genre I'm thinking of? It's got like Do you know what I'm talking about? Like some I mean, of the It's own- almost
1: like a bluegrass like rockabilly sort
0: yes, yes, of Yes, bluesy rockabilly, exactly. And I feel like there you don't have one other song like that and it just I fucking jam out to this in my car all the time.
1: So I don't. That's the part that I don't really like, but I do like it sort of later in the end, where he's like, "I met a tasty baby in Michigan. Yes, I screwed yes. the time when I left." I love that
0: bar. Oh my god! I also love. I I love earlier in the song where he's like, "When I'm munching on a tasty boosh, right after you, <laughs>
1: you can go, go, go." <laughs> that is that is great. God damn, that, that was incredible.
0: I know. Then we obviously go to one of the one of the more famous skits, cock Push-Ups. You know, you you. I think it's self explanatory. Um, yeah, he, I mean, one you know, you do one, obviously. <laughs> 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 uh. Then we have Lee, of course, which is about they're friendly. Uh, further, of course, made infamous by the TV show and the movie. But uh, I mean, another great song. Another great song. It's fucking Lee. Great
1: great take on the super
0: fan. <laughs> great take on the super fan. Then we have the friendship test skit which leads into friendship which is another great song. Long as there's a record deal, we always be friends.
1: Dude, another one that's So first of all, the I'm I can't believe that the Cranky yankers appearance isn't like the official video for this song because it's amazing I and know. it's what I think of. And uh this song is another one that's super catchy and has like It's low key, kind of a deep song, right? As long as the record, you'll always be friends. Like it's talking about bands and how Mm -hmm. like they're kind of friends, but like maybe not really. Shout out Blink One Eighty (laughs) Two, (laughs) but like bands are a tricky thing, right? And it's like it's kind of a deep song, but then it's like, oh shit, there's a bear, and just talks about bears for a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's only two minutes long, minute fifty nine. It's just the punches that are packed. It's just unbelievable. Then we've, of course, got the karate schnitzel skit leading into karate, which is only a minute five. And, man, when I first, I will say it's different. I don't have the same rankings now, but when I first listened to this album, this was my favorite song. And, like, it's just so fucking short, sweet, hilarious, especially now that we have the context of the show. You motherfucker. I just love it
1: did did you did you know about the reverse audio at the end i did not know oh, that until this no. week so at the, at the very end of the song like cuz again like uh, you kind of had to be there sort of satanic panic kind of thing but like you know everyone is afraid that like metal music if you play it backwards it it'll like conjure the devil and like and they lean into that so hard you know they're always talking about satan and stuff and the JHD music but uh, And there, I think Slayer actually did it, and a few bands did it. But at the end of this song, the very end, if you play it backward, it just says donkey crap. And I, I I did not know that till this week, and I looked it up, confirmed it does. I've heard it.
0: That is amazing, and I just learned that from you right now.
1: Another, well, just another wrinkle of the legendary canon in Tenacious D.
0: God! Um, then we dive into Rock Your Socks, which is another I mean I, I can't they do not stop I mean another unreal one like the breakdown with the with the fucking you know hard to you know the whole you know the part I'm talking about like yeah. the rock hard abs the <laughs> what <laughs> what shirt am I gonna wear brain aneurysm brain aneurysm. <laughs>
1: And later, I forget what it is. I'm sure we'll cover it. But later they released like an acoustic version of this song that
0: that also kind of slaps. Absolutely. And then, of course, we get, I'd like to say at least my group of friends growing up, the most infamous skit growing up. Junior
1: Western baking (laughs) (laughs) Chicken.
0: It to this day is amazing. Yeah. So can you get me a Coke? But can you make it half Coke, half diet Coke? I'm trying to watch my figure.
1: Dude, just just throw two of the nuggets out. I only want four.
0: <laughs> I'm only wanting a four piece nugget. Take two of them and put them up your ass. Filet of fish having yeah. fish because it's healthy. Oh. This is, so, oh. so
1: good. It's so good. K
0: okay. oh God, take forever. How much money do you have? Oh, we're gonna have to take the last two items off the order. Just cages.
1: <laughs> and and I love the the drive thru voice yes. that they do. It's yeah. like where
0: <laughs> also how they do with their mouths like the driving up like yes. noise like boom, 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 boom. Yes, so,
1: yes, yes, yes. Uh, this so is funny. and this is such a long skit compared to all the other ones. It's like a full three minutes and it's just
0: absolute genius. It's genius and it it what what?
1: I was gonna say speaking of genius, leads you right into double team.
0: Uh, just unfucking real. It's just these songs are too fucking good too fucking good. And the double team, it was in, it was in the show under a different title. Was, I think it was like sex Supreme or Supreme. Yeah. Or something. And then
1: a woman immediately wants to fuck them.
0: Of course. I mean, it's just such a hilarious. It's just, again, the world that they create and the stories that they create through their music. Yeah. Double team, great. Ex- they just do the best. And, and speaking of stories, that leads into the final track, City Hall, which is like an epic where it pretty much leads you through Jables and Cage like taking over after the government is overthrown, the elite is two kings, they then end up poisoning each other. It's insane. It's it's amazing. Another
1: low key deep song about like power and kind of you know corrupt politicians that they'll touch on later on. Uh, And a great, great album ender.
0: Yeah. I'd say arguably their deepest song on the album, I'd say. I think.
1: Besides Fucker Gently, which is extremely serious. Very serious. Very
0: serious. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, So that is the first album, which is just incredible. And fun fact, Bob Odenkirk, our lovely Saul from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, he wrote Friendship Test, the skit.
1: That's another, I mean, I think most, I mean, a lot of people are not going back for Mr. Show, I think these days, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it just gets funnier, like the more famous that Bob Odenkirk gets to just imagine him, you know, helping to birth the band and then, yeah, writing, writing the skit.
0: It's, it's, it's really like an unbelievably, almost like underrated piece of their history, how involved Bob Odenkirk was with the D. Incredible. And, Yeah, man, fuck. So it's like they they have this unbelievable album. Most of their, I think all of their at this point shows are just the two of them acoustic doing their thing. And then they released Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, which is their film, which released in theaters, as well as the accompanying soundtrack, which is their second official album, which came out in 2006. Um seems like it took quite a quite a little while for the the movie and the soundtrack to come out. I guess they were working on it as early as I think 2003, but
1: a and, lot of And it was I definitely think. kind of some birth of it when they ended up, you know, quitting the TV show they were thinking about doing it and they signed with a new record label and then I think it just kind of worked its way up from
0: there. And I mean, okay, so I guess if you know about the D you know that this movie bombed and I'll I'll never forget Mike and I know you saw it in theaters too but when this came out in theaters I was so excited even though it looked sort of bad in the trailers I went to the theater I ordered a large pizza and I just middle of the day went to the movies had a fucking pizza box open on the seat next to me and just ate some pizza and watched Pick a Destiny
1: Best, really, best way to take in a film. I th- I'm glad that you did that. Uh, but, but yeah, I saw it too. I obviously I didn't think it was going to be incredible. It just, I mean, you know, you can only have such high hopes. But it is, you know, it has really emerged as a cult classic in recent years, which just makes me feel great.
0: Yes, me too. And I remember watching it. Like, I actually, I enjoyed it. I mean, you you can't be a Tenacious D fan and not enjoy the movie. And like. I remembered enjoying it at the time, but being like, yeah, it wasn't great. But like over the years, as I watch it more and more, I'm like, I mean, it's really ridiculous how many famous people are in it. I mean, the Tim Robbins cameo itself is just, I mean, not even cameo, he's like a character in it for a bit, is outrageous. And like,
1: yeah, he's, he's like, maybe the most outrageous, but like, Ben Stiller. (sighs) So glad to have Meatloaf in there.
0: Oh my God, Meatloaf, yes.
1: Dude, how good is Meatloaf? You know, in Fight Club and then you're like, I wish this guy would be in more shit, but he only like wanted to do music and it's like, bro, he's kind of legit. And he then is. you just get a little snippet here and it's just, I love it.
0: Dude, so good. Obviously, you have the Ben Stiller cameo. I, I didn't even realize till this watch that Amy Poehler is in it.
1: Dude, I didn't realize until this watch that
0: Amy Adams is in it. Who's Amy Adams in it?
1: She's like – I think she's kind of the one that they're singing like Master Exploder sort of at
0: uh, in the middle of the film. fucking way.
1: Yes, dude. And Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks is the guy that throws the cop at KG's head.
0: (laughs) Dude. And there's some other ridiculous – I'm trying to think of the other. There's like some ridiculous small cameos in it like that. Um...
1: And John C. Rowley comes back as Sasquatch. But yeah, Jason Siegel's in the party. David Crumholtz in the party. Fred Armisen's the Our security guy, guard.
0: David Crumholtz.
1: I mean, he's in everything.
0: It's unreal. It's unreal. Wait, who did you say? Fred Armisen. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, it's just insane. It's it's amazing. Dave Grohl, as we said earlier, is Satan. Um, but yeah, it's just and also like Jack Black has said to this day that despite the critical sort of and commercial failure of the film that it was like the most fun he's ever had on a set and that people legitimately, like they had to do a couple reshoots and every single cast, like every single member of the crew and every, like sometimes these things get changed up when you do reshoots. Every single person came back because how much they enjoyed working on it, which really warms my heart.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of an out there idea for a movie but definitely like the origin stuff maybe the first half hour I think is is pretty great. Uh and, and it, it maybe does lose a little bit from air but I mean it's definitely still good and it was you know it's not like it was going to be Magnolia like I don't know what people were expecting. It's totally. it's a good movie.
0: Like I also love it actually didn't, like, not that we give a fuck what critics think, but it wasn't, like, the worst thing critically. Like, it has, it actually has a 52 on Rotten Tomatoes, which, like, is not that bad. That's 8% from a fresh. Like, yeah. and fans is where it actually is a little more surprising. It's 67 on the audience score. But maybe it's a lot of people that aren't D fans, you know? And I thought, you know, again, just showing how awesome Jack Black is, how much he believes in the D. You know, for the movie at that point in time, he was making twelve million dollars a movie. That was his fee, and he he deci- he agreed, of course, to take a pay cut for one million dollars, and that had to be split between him and Kyle. So, you know, Jack Black only made five hundred grand on the movie. The guys getting paid twelve million for most movies. Not that five hundred grand is anything to to scoff at, but for the level of fame he was at in two thousand six and still is today.
1: I'm definitely glad that we have it. Like I said, I think it's really fun when we get this kind of visual side uh, to the albums, and it it definitely adds something.
0: Agreed. And soundtrack, or we'll just say album. So the second album, Pick a Destiny, I'm just going to give you guys the run-through. It's 15 tracks. It starts with Kickapoo, then we've got Classico, Baby, Destiny, History, a lot of one word titles until, of course, number six, The Government Totally Sucks. Then Master Exploder, The Divide. Then we have Papa Janu, He's Our Sassafras. Then we have Dude, I Totally Miss You, Break-In, City Storm the Gate, Car Chase City. Then we have the one that always evades me. I think it's Beelzebub or something. Yeah, Beelzebub. Uh, I think that's good. Be yeah, The Final Showdown. Uh, then 14, we have... Pod Pick a Destiny, Fifteen, The Metal to finish this off. And yeah, Mike, what are your thoughts on the album? I I
1: think I'm I'm starting to appreciate it a bit more over time. You know, as I go through song by song, there's probably maybe maybe five or six pretty pretty good tracks on here. I mean, and a lot of the skits don't you know the skits don't necessarily land because they're mostly like just extracted from the movie so it's kind of hard to listen to them without it but it's you know when you think about them all in context i i think it it's it delivers something more than maybe i thought at the time
0: yeah i think i think that's pretty that's a pretty solid assessment of it i think i'm pretty much on the same page i really like certain songs on this i still think there's some skits or songs that fall a little flat for me, especially after the legendary first album. But I guess for me, I'd probably call out. Uh, I love Kickapoo. I mean, history's great. Master Exploder. I've always been. Uh, I've always been a fan of Papa Janu. and uh, dude. I totally miss you. Solid. Sort of reminds me of Kyle quits the band, but it's good. Um, Beals a boss. Is awesome. I I always try to. I sort of think of it as the greatest song in the world that they wrote. That they wrote tribute about. But uh, yeah, it's a good one. I think the theme song "Pick a Destiny" is 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 all right. That that one could be better personally. I like the metal. I think the metal's great. But yeah, yeah what those you? are. I
1: think we're pretty much on board. You, you didn't call out "Classico," which I think in Classico, the movie but... is fun. Doesn't necessarily work as well outside of the movie, but uh, otherwise, I will just say that I think Dude, I Totally Miss You is awesome. It's completely grown on me over time, Um, and yeah, pretty much agree. I don't think Piccadestny itself is good, Boss is legend, and and the metal is also a good closer. And then bonus tracks, I think think Kong is worth listening as well.
0: Totally. I agree. I agree. Yeah, man, dude, I totally miss you. I wasn't so into when it first came out. I agree that one grows. It's just a well well done song.
1: Dude, I kind of feel like "Dude, I Totally Miss You" could be like the theme song to this podcast, unless we had oh Zach do ours, which is obviously yes. much better. Um, yes. it's, it's similar vibes.
0: Oh, it really is. Um, and that's the pick of destiny, but it's yeah, you know, I'm happy that it has some cult. Some cult status these days. I hope it didn't bum the boys out too much when it bombed, because you know it was pretty awesome that a band got to make a movie. And you know, I I like that we did all we could to support Mike. We both saw it in theaters. I have it on DVD. It's a it's a good one. But
1: and you know, we'll get there just in a second. But I love that they basically open the third album by just saying. Yeah, pick a destiny bombed, and and here we are. We're back.
0: You know, absolutely. So this comes out two thousand six. They don't put out another album until two thousand twelve. They do some. They do touring, and they actually, after pick a destiny, for the first time, they had like a full band perform with them, which was seemed fucking dope. I'm still sad I missed that tour, but uh, it yeah, it took them six years to put out another album, and. I was I don't know about anyone else, but I was scared for a while that they weren't going to because maybe they were so like bummed out by the bomb. Uh, Luckily, that was not the case. And they well, you know what? I totally forgot about this. I have it in my notes here, but that. I guess Kyle hinted after Pick a Destiny that he like like maybe wanted to end Tenacious D at their current like what he considered high point, but uh, I guess Jack Black sort of squashed that and was like, no 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 no, we're not done. We're gonna do a third album. Um, anyways, it takes all the way until 2012. It's called Rise of the Phoenix. It finally comes out, and like Mike said, it literally. Picks up exactly where we left off in real life with the movie being a bomb, the D sort of being, you know, knocked down and having to get back up and write a fucking classic, and return to favor and just make their comeback. Which, I mean, how epic is that, Mike?
1: It it is incredible, and uh, like I mean, like you said, I was worried myself that it wasn't going to happen. And and I just, I love the framing of just the entire album being, you know, essentially you thought we were dead, but here we are rising from the ashes.
0: Totally. And I, I was, I remember when this album came out, I actually was fortunate to see them a few times o- over here in LA and uh, in Santa Barbara, um, at the Santa Barbara Bowl. And then in LA, I think at the Wiltern, I may have saw them one other time, but anyways, Absolutely crushed it live, by the way. But I, I got this album when it came out, and I think that it wasn't—you know—obviously their level of fame had dropped from the days of the debut and when the Pick of Destiny came out. But like this album, quality-wise, is really good. I I remember being really impressed by this album, and I I still was listening to it today.
1: And what's insane about it is, even though, like, obviously you know, based on the bombing of the movie and just the time difference between the two albums, their popularity had waned. And then yet, you know, releasing this project, it made it all the way to four on the charts, which is the highest any of their albums have ever done.
0: Exactly. And it led to, I think, them starting to do touring wise, very successful tours around the world sort of came after this album. And they started their own little like comedy festival, like comedy music festival in Los Angeles uh, a few years after this album called Festival Supreme that they've had tons of all the all the heavyweights of comedy and the ones that also do comedy music like Lonely Island, for instance, all have played this thing. but. Anyways, yeah, it led them on sort of the next stage of their career and Rise of the Phoenix. You know, thirteen tracks. I'll just list them out real quick. We've got Rise of the Phoenix opens it. Two's Low Hanging Fruit. Then we've got Classical Teacher, which is skit. Then we've got Senorita, Death Star, Roadie, Flutes and Trombones, which is another skit. Then at number eight we have the the epic, the ballad of Hollywood Jack and the Rage Cage. Then at nine we have Throwdown. We have Rock Is Dead. They fucked our asses to be the best, which is like a hilarious montage type song. And then they ended out with number 13, 39. And man, it is a great album. I, I I'd say for me, some some ones I want to throw out there. Uh besides Rise of the Phoenix, which is a great opener. Uh the Ballad of Hollywood Jack and the Rage Cage, I just love the storytelling in it. And it's essentially like a true telling sort of of both of their characters, but with of course exaggerations and a comedic flair added to it. And then, uh, I love Throwdown, which is sort of their take probably one of their most, probably one of the songs of their career with the most, uh, meaning to it. It's all about sort of organized religion and how they think it's all bullshit and sort of dangerous to the world, but it rocks very hard. And, uh, and I want to throw out 39. I think it's a fucking awesome song, great closer, different type of track for them. And I I feel like they take some, they do some uh, different things on this album, and it it all pays off for me.
1: Overall, for me on the album, I think it's really good. I just don't know if it's that funny, you know, like it's not as like laugh out loud as rage, outrageous as some of the first two albums. But musically, there's a lot
0: there. I think. I agree with that assessment. Uh,
1: like Senorita, I think is good. Death Star is good. Roadie is one that I think is both good and really funny. Uh, and just the the video bringing in Danny McBride to be the Roadie is absolutely legendary. You should everybody should check that out. Yes. Um, uh, you said you said Ballad Throwdown. Those are both great. And dude, hundred percent with you on thirty nine. That song has just been steadily climbing up my list of favorites as the week goes on. I just find myself returning to it over and over again. And that one is very – feels like it could have been on the first album except for obviously the age um, component. But it's just – it's super funny throughout but also like heartfelt where you're like, I'm actually really digging this
0: song. It's like one of their only songs that you're like, you know what? Like this is actually – like they have so many good songs, but like this one feels sort of like it could also be a song by like another band that's like really fucking good and like deep, but like it all but then when you listen to the lyrics, you're like wait, this is hilarious, but it's actually also really sweet. And Dude, if
1: Jack wasn't doing the voice, this could be like a like a pop country song, I think. This could really make
0: it. It could be like a big fucking song. For real. <laughs> Oh, I love that you love it because I, I always have loved this song. It's like, it's so fucking good.
1: Dude, she's she a dentist appointment quick. I pay for it. She's like, oh, my dick. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny because like, obviously, look, obviously I'm not 39 and neither are you, but like at the same time, it's just like, there's something really true and funny about like. Getting old and being in a relationship and like going to the dentist, being like a shared event, and working out like insurance and stuff like it's a whole big thing, you know. And it's the stuff that you just don't deal with when you're 20.
0: I just look at it as Jack just aging gracefully.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just, just oh god, drinking Chardonnay. I mean, it's just also it just, just speaks like, so true,
0: dude. When it when it all comes to a head and he does like the sort of. The, you know, the falsetto or whatever you want to call it towards the end and just the breakdown. Oh, it's so fucking
1: good. That's incredible. 39 is a real gem.
0: Yeah, it really is.
1: And there's, there's a bunch of different like bonus like versions and, and tracks to this one. But the big one is that uh, on the iTunes pre-order bonus track, you get five needs, which is the song they performed way back in bio in 96. So I, I thought that was cool.
0: That was, yes, very, very cool. Um. Yeah, and so then they tour for Rise of the Phoenix for a while. They do shows, they do whatever. Then we come up to their most recent album, Post Cop Post Apocalypto, two thousand and eighteen. Um, is when it came out, but it it again six years in between albums, which is pretty crazy. It's a long it's a long time. And uh yeah, it, it sort of was released as it was it, they were releasing these animated shorts and they then ended up releasing the album. And I believe they then released the shorts together as like an hour long movie or so you could say. Um,
1: And it's more integrated than even pick of destiny where the shorts are are like almost every song is sung in full over the course of there's other stuff that happens but like over the course of the sort of movie if you want to say
0: yeah so I guess and and one thing I just wanted to say before we dive into it is something we hadn't gone fully into sort of their live show earlier I know we've touched on it a few different times but I just wanted to say that like up to this point in their career Actually, after Pick a Destiny, really. But over the years, these guys have played so many of the big festivals. They've played Reading and Leeds in the UK. They played Outside Lands in San Francisco, Bonnaroo in Tennessee, um, Rock Am Ring and Rock Am Park in Germany, like crazy big festivals worldwide. So um, anyways, that we get to post apocalypto. 2018. Uh, it's a, I believe it's another 21 track album, like the first album. Let me pull up the track list for all y'all. That
1: is right, yeah.
0: And I'll give you a real quick run through. We've got the post-apocalypto theme, then Desolation, desolation, Hope, Cave Women, Making Love, Scientists, Take Us Into Space at number seven. I've Got To Go, Fuck Yo-Yo ma. Reunion slash Not So Fast at number 10, Daddy Ding Dong, Chainsaw Bazooka Machine Gun, Robot, March, Turd Whistle, Colors, Who's Your Daddy, JB Jr. Rap at 18, Woman Time, Save the World, and then it closes with the post-apocalypto theme reprise. Mike, you, you can start on this because I know that you had were pleasantly surprised by this album.
1: Yeah, I will hand up. I will admit that I really didn't give this the time of day when it came out in sort of late 2018. Um, and it is kind of strange listening to it in 2020 because things have only gotten more apocalyptic uh, in a sense. But I, yeah, man, I think this album is pretty fucking dope. And I love the little shorts, man. It's just Jack like doodling basically and scanning them into kind of this little cartoon about their adventures after the apocalypse but it's um i mean really it's you know they have done some stuff in the past like politically you know endorsing different candidates i don't think they endorsed anyone in 2016 and because who would blame them but like this is uh it's really overtly political uh in terms of kind of the end of the world and you know they, they have to go on this mission to the white house which is full of nazis and kkk members that's definitely not true and uh you know they they have to kill donald trump junior it's 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 like very it's very overtly political which i think is interesting um but yeah as you go through it it's another one that's really you know some of the songs are great to play on their own but it definitely helps to have the context uh, about what's going on um and so having seen everything maybe maybe that will change some of your opinions but i think hope is is good I think Making Love is incredible. I think Take Us Into Space is really catchy. Uh, and the other one I'd call it for me is Colors, which is, is low-key like a beautiful song.
0: So I'm just going to say I'm not into this album. And- That's it's fine. It's fine.
1: But I will die on this hill. Because everybody agrees with you. Got extremely negative reviews.
0: Well, okay. I actually – so – trying to think what to say okay so i guess that is the case but there's got to be some people that like this album and i think like i was sort of browsing a little bit the tenacious d Reddit and whatnot and like the the fans of the band definitely like the, the the big fans of tenacious d i think they all like the album maybe maybe it's not their favorite but they all seem to like it and like but, but yes, I'd say from a critical standpoint or like commercial standpoint, it's definitely the least loved. But I don't know, man. Like I tried to get, I, I'm like you. I had sort of dismissed this when it came out. I remember I had tried to get into it and I was like, ah, fuck. And I had high hopes after uh, Rise of the Phoenix. And I will say that watching along with the animated piece definitely makes it better for me. But I still just didn't do it for me overall and and i can't like listening to the album without the visuals does not yeah
1: you you can't really do it i mean and it's it's a half hour long and it's only 20 it's 21 songs but a half hour so it's a lot of very quick skits and and little little musical tidbits that only make sense you know when you're you're watching it so that that part of it is it's almost best not to think of it as an album because you can't really just like pop it on like with just headphones and do something else. You know, totally. it's really more of a kind of a visual project. Which again, I think
0: I respect this cool idea. I do. I, I'm with you there. I respect it, and I will admit, as a visual piece, sort of like watching, like almost like their South Park will say, yeah. it it's cool. It, it really is, and it's it's very enjoyable to watch. But it's just like I'm trying to for me. If I'm putting it up against albums, like, you know me, I care a lot about, like, the full album and the complete album. And, like, it just doesn't work for me. Like, the the skits on all the other albums, they work within the context of the album. This, you have to be watching, I think, to get most of these skits.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
0: With that said, the one track I'll shout out is Fuck Yo Yo Ma. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i just find it pretty funny um but yeah so post-apocalypto that was 2018 and now we are here in 2021 and fuck man i hope we get some new d music i mean we've gotten some over the past year like a song or two we got um what's it called we got they did the or- time warp video the Time Warp video, the Rocky Horror Picture Show cover, then they also released Five Needs this year, um, and Don't Blow It Cage in 2019, which which are all solid tracks, dude.
1: Yeah, and Don't Blow It Cage with, you know, a, a, another, it's another like strange thing, right, where it's like just pulling Jack White into it. Like they have this weird lure for like extremely famous musicians that you'd th- sort of think would have no business ever dealing with them. But then again, in Time Warp, I mean, you know, it was something released for sort of the Rock the Vote thing, obviously. But like, there's a lot of famous people in there. You know,
0: people just love the D. They love the fucking D. And how could you not? How could you not? Agreed. Oh, and I just, you know, quick shout out to some other songs. So obviously some random of oh, just a couple random tracks that we haven't mentioned. 2000, 2012, they went through a random jazz phase where they were playing this jazz club in LA occasionally. And they put out like an 11 minute track called simply jazz. Um
1: Which is all about how like nobody actually likes jazz, but like you feel like you're supposed to like jazz. Cause it's like the thing to do. And it's, I don't know if it's worth 11 minutes but it's it's actually pretty funny. Like to just throw on in the background.
0: Dude, I almost went so they were doing these performances, these jazz performances. Like really like they were like we're not going to play our own like our other songs. Just like we're playing jazz music at this club. I think it was Rock Rockwood Music. Uh what was it called? What's it called? There's a there's a jazz club out here in LA, but they were playing there and <laughs> I fucking didn't go I I regret it still I should have I could have easily gone but it sounded great. I mean the D just up there playing some playing some smooth jazz uh, and the,
1: the the B side to that little EP which is just called nothing on side B yeah. is a, a pretty funny one minute skit that's just like what the fuck are you doing here? We told you not to come here. there's nothing here. <laughs> don't you listen it's it's really funny.
0: So good. And then, dude, one that I actually didn't find till maybe an hour before we just did this podcast that I'm so happy I did because it's something that you and me, of course, especially would be intrigued by.
1: Please tell me it's Sum 41. Yes. Yes. Yes, dude. Yes. What the fuck? Dude, dude I've
0: <laughs> never heard of this. Me either. So Tenacious D and Sum 41 did a song together in 2001 called Things I Want that is an L.A. guy right here. It was released on Kevin and Bean. If you live in L.A., you know Kevin and Bean. They're they're absolute staples of the radio scene out here. They did the morning show on K-Rock for 30 years um, until recently. And, you know, people don't listen to K-Rock anymore because of how they handled this situation. But... Kevin and Bean present "Swallow My Eggnog." It was like their Christmas compilation that year for K Rock, and then he just needs somebody to do this song "Things I Want Together." How outrageous was it, Mike?
1: Dude, I again never heard of it. It is now a must-add to the Christmas music list. Yes,
0: absolutely, totally,
1: totally deserves it. A Molly Crew lunchbox filled with sticky buns, oh my and I want to chop Florida off the map. Just ah. such a great shot at Florida, incredible.
0: <sighs> It's so good, so good, and so yeah, got to shout that out. And then again, there's there's a couple. There's this one song, but you might have mentioned it earlier, Mike. Training Medley, that it was a bonus track uh, back in I think 2006. I think that was the other bonus track from one of the other bonus tracks from Pick a Destiny besides Kong.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, there was Kong. Then of course the the songs from the show there was Kyle took a bullet for me cosmic shame special things warning and jesus ranch um
1: and i think it's cool that they did the uh last in line on the dio tribute album in 2014 that was pretty cool
0: yes yes and they won a grammy for that yeah which is really fucking cool um, I'm glad that they got to do that me too and so i mean dude we come to the point now where I realized during the talk of the movie and the show, we didn't do our top five funny moments. Should we, or like top five favorite moments, funny moments, whatever you want to call them. Should we do those now and then do the musical rankings?
1: Yeah. yeah. So we're going to, yeah. So we're going to end up doing a few, few lists here. So let's do the first one is like, yeah. So funny moments from sort of visual stuff, if you want to put it that. So like the movie uh, plus the show.
0: Beauty. I'm like, you want to to start this one off?
1: Yes. And I've definitely cheated a lot on this list, so I don't care. Uh, number five for me, we're going to the movie, Pick of Destiny. Just the origin scene on the beach in, uh, it's in Venice,
0: right? Uh, yes. Like yeah. after Kickapoo when he goes to the beach. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. It's just, uh, I just love the whole idea. Like its it's not, again, like there's kind of this, this kernel of truth about Jack not playing and them kind of slumming it and and KG teaching him how to do it. Uh, but just KG with his ridiculous flowing locks and, and Jack just happening upon him being like, this guy's incredible. Do you guys not realize this guy's incredible? And then just coming up with Classico on the spot. It's just I just love the whole moment. It's hey,
0: bro. It, I, I want you to know this exact pick is on my list. Oh wow,
1: incredible. So like, it's higher.
0: Like exactly, yes, it's higher, exactly how you just described it, where you're like the entire sort of opening segment with Kyle being ridiculous and like it's just unbelievable. Wow. I mean Love that's it. how good it is.
1: Yeah, incredible. It's it's just and and yeah, just knowing that it could have almost been that way, and it's just it feels like they should definitely have met in Venice, having only been there once, it just adds something to it. Uh, and it just, it's great. It's, it's great.
0: Can I tell you guys something that was a bit of John Locke destiny. So I never, I live in Los Angeles. I live in sort of the West Hollywood area, Hollywood area. Um, I rarely ever go to Venice. I just, the boardwalk and stuff. It's as, as someone that lives here, you, I guess you either love it or hate it, but I sort of hate it. I think it's grimy and it's very touristy. And, If I'm going to go down to, like, the beach towns, I'd rather go to, like, Hermosa or some shit, which I feel like is much more, like, authentic Southern California. With that said, there is a lot of character down in Venice, and there's there's fun stuff. There's fun bars when the bars are open. But I probably haven't been down there in a year. And uh, my girlfriend Alex and I, we biked down there to just, like, get some food and, like, sit sort of in that whole boardwalk beach area yesterday and one of the only things i could think of was the opening segment of this movie which i felt That's like incredible. it was it, and like it wasn't planned around this i feel like it was absolutely meant to be that i i go there the day before we record this goddamn podcast
1: dude and having been in venice as a tourist i can confirm almost everything you said except <laughs> except the skate park is legit 100 percent really do throw down there and that is worth watching because it's insane
0: and as you would probably suspect Mike that's pretty much exactly where we sat we sat like that's all you do. that's
1: that's all you got to do
0: yeah you go near the fucking skate park the skate park is legit um anywho that is an epic number five I have it a little bit higher up the list um my number five is the karate scene in the TV show where Kyle is talking to Flarna, who's the girl that like JB has said he's into. It's, it's like the, the whole like, thing. it's out fucking rages. And then of course Jack just busts into the karate song, which, as I said earlier, when I first got into Tenacious D, was my favorite track. So just it all came together for me with finally seeing or remembering that scene, and it just it's got a whole it's got to be on this list, number five.
1: Yeah, so this is the second part of the first episode. Sometimes you'll see it written as like one point two, but it's like mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of split down the middle. So, uh, and I have all that written down because that is the exact number four. No that way, is Karate and Florna. That's what I wrote. Can I it's say incredible.
0: something? My exact You're number, number four. four is the one you had for number five.
1: <laughs> incredible. incredible! Oh my god. <laughs> well, so that so that's my number three. Then I should go.
0: That is, you know, and I just want to say about – do you have anything else you want to say about the karate scene? Uh, no. Okay. I just want to say about the number – I know we touched on it already, but the the opening segment with Kyle is one of the most out- – like it almost was higher on the list because it's so outrageous. Like him just acting big time and like he's the fucking man and just like being JB's mentor is just unreal. It's unreal.
1: I mean the whole – really the whole like 30 minutes of that movie where he's <laughs> – there's so many callbacks, you know. Lee is around. They talk about the cock push-ups. Like,
0: mm-hmm. but it's, it's like incredible. It, it's so funny because Kyle's teaching him everything, and you just think this whole time JB is always the one that's like sort of bossing him around in the in the D that we've known.
1: It's yeah, amazing. it's it's really great. Uh, my number three is it's it's a little bit leaning on the show, but it's in the pick of destiny. They go to the open mic. And the return of Paul F. Tompkins. So he's so funny on all the open mics um, in the show. So that kind of adds to it here. Um, But then he, like, basically what he does every time, uh, you'll know when you watch the show, but like, he's always like, "Uh, this next band is making me say this, except for like one kind of, uh, when they do um, Master Exploder, he's like, it's like a hallucination. He's like, no, I really wanted to say this. But he's always saying these funny lines. And the one in the movie is just, here to come again in your ear, he's <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> just, just kills me. The whole Paul F. Tompkins. Big shout out, you.
0: Yeah, big fucking shout out. He's too good, man. He's too fucking good in this. Dude,
1: remember all those VH1 shows, like Best Week Ever or whatever? He was like yeah. always the host. Yeah, it's Just a legend.
0: Absolute legend. Incredible pick. And my number three... Is from the show. It's in the final portion. It's when the boys do the rock off with the cops at the Jesus Ranch, and then they end up playing their song "Jesus Ranch" at their gig shortly after. And the cops are sitting there enjoying it and being like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Where? What does this remind me of?" I just fucking love that part.
1: Yeah, and one of the cops ends up being the other security guard in Pick of Destiny with Fred Armisen, right?
0: Incredible fucking shout right there.
1: Uh, love that pick as well. My number 3 is from the first half of that same episode, episode 3 of the show,
0: Here, which we talked two. on
1: it before. Uh, my number 2, sorry, uh is uh just the end sequence with Lee. You know, they go through this whole oh, thing goodness. where Lee is, Lee is a super fan then they like out super fan Lee and that creeps him out. Uh, And then the whole thing twists and he actually just loves it. And then they all go on stage together (laughs) to sing special things, which, which never really gets released ever again. It's just like unique to the show. And it's just a funny little trio that you never see them do again.
0: Such a beautiful moment. Great moment.
1: Fucking Lee.
0: Fucking Lee. My number two hilariously, Mike plays upon your number three. And is definitely cheating, but I don't give a fuck. I literally wrote down every time Paul F. Tompkins introduces the deal.
1: It's so fucking good. Stay here if you don't mind creaming your pants. It's
0: It's incredible. Oh, so fucking good. Every single one he does is amazing. That's like that right there is reason enough to watch the show just to get his introduction each time.
1: And then he becomes more and more of a character as the show goes on, and he like hooks them up with this other gig and it's it's this whole thing and it's it's funny that he's like the only sort of like third character,
0: really, totally, totally, and he crushes it,
1: wow, okay, so that's a good segue in the sense that my number one is a massive cheating, and I'm basically gonna call out an entire sequence so episode two of the show the setup is basically that. You know, the band, uh, they go to do like a record signing and nobody shows up, obviously, because they're not like a famous band. They're just playing like open mics. Um, And they go through this the kind of like five stages of grief, which includes, one, them going to a random woman's door and playing like 20 minutes of Kielbasa. And she's (laughs) just like, "Uh, okay, thank you. And just like (laughs) closes the door. But then, of course they realize that their dreams can come true because they hang out with Sasquatch, who's definitely real and played by John C. Riley. another song that you never get anywhere else. Just a funny song about, yeah, how Sasquatch is definitely real and then later, of course, becomes becomes JB's dad in the movie.
0: My God, Incredible. And what a segue I have into my number one because my number one is the mushroom Sasquatch scene in the movie. Oh, awesome. Okay. I just love, it, it's not the funniest for me to be completely honest, but it's my favorite because I just think I love Sasquatch. I love mushrooms. I love the depiction that they have in the fucking film. And it's just, it just makes me so happy with the Papa news, He's my Sass of Rass song. It's, it's fucking great. Is it not great? It's great.
1: It's incredible. John C. Riley's is a legend uh, I just I just love the way that he finds his way into this somehow. Uh, and and I do think that, well, maybe this is a, a question for you, but I think Sasquatch is a better song than Papa Genu, even though maybe your scene might be better.
0: I'd have to listen to them head to head, which I have to admit I didn't do. Um,
1: I just love the very, like they go through the thing where he's like, take a look at the plastic cast of his foot now you know he's real listen real close to the audio tape now you know he's real couldn't be a man in the gorilla suit no fucking way
0: (laughs) so good oh it is really fucking good um all great all great moments from the the movie and the show
1: yeah and it's yeah underrated comedy uh you know going above and beyond just just the albums there
0: yeah so definitely, again, if you haven't seen either the movie or the show, go watch them. They're both on HBO Max, and they're fucking delightful. You'll you'll have a good time. I yeah, think it's album. The, the, I think it's album ranking time.
1: Oh, albums? Okay, that's easy. We can do
0: that one. Well, yeah, that's why I feel like for songs. It's the most it's the most contested. Yeah. So we gotta save All it right. for last. Let's 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 do it. Let's fucking do it. Uh, my number
1: four album rise of the phoenix
0: you are crazy
1: i know i know you're gonna say that but i just don't think it's that funny i it's really good i just don't think it's as funny as the rest of this stuff and for me i need the big laughs from the d hot take coming right out the gates rise of the phoenix okay okay
0: number four for me which i'm sure won't surprise anyone post-apocalypto I think it's their weakest project yeah maybe as a visual piece it's funny they get the laughs but i can't i can't put on my headphones i can't sit in my car i can't listen to this as an album it's not a fucking album so i just think it is undeniably the worst the worst project
1: that's undeniably the worst opinion no <laughs> ah! disagree. <laughs> disagree oh my god all right number three Pick of destiny.
0: You've legitimately lost your goddamn mind. <laughs> you have legitimately lost your goddamn fucking mind.
1: That's you know what? Oh, I'm fine okay. for you to think that.
0: Okay. It's guy wants uh, to have a hot tank. Yeah. Go, go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number three is also the pick of destiny. Um Yeah, it's you know, it's 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 solid, but it's not the songs aren't on the tier for me of the two albums that I haven't picked yet.
1: So now I can defend post apocalypto at number two. Okay. It's just, I just think it's their most interesting project since the first album. Yes. You, you cannot just put it on in your car. That's a fact. That's a legitimate criticism, but overall as a project, uh, I really, really
0: enjoy it. Okay. I can, I can respect that. I can respect that. Even if you're wrong, I can respect that. We're uh, living
1: in the apocalypse now. It just becomes more important.
0: <laughs> fair, fair. All right. My number two is Rise of the Phoenix. I think for me, without a doubt, it's their best album outside of the debut, which, of course, is both of our number one. But I just think Rise of the Phoenix, it, I think it's their best songwriting perhaps, of their career. Maybe, may, I mean, Tenacious D is incredible, and and that all around, as Mike and I will both get into in a moment, is just their masterpiece. But Rise of the Phoenix, it's like some of these songs, like Ballad of Hollywood, Jack and Rage Cage, 39, like these songs are fucking absolute. like they are really fucking good songs. And like, Then they just, it's a very, to me, it's a very complete album. Yeah, it may not have all the skits that the other album. Well, I, I guess Pick a Destiny is more like little scenes from the movie. But like, no, like Tenacious D, the debut, and Post Apocalypto, they have a lot of like skits. Rise of the Phoenix only has a couple skits. But it feels like a really full album to me. It's like, it has sort of what they're trying to do with it, which is their comeback album. It has a lot of different songs about different things and a lot of really good songs, a lot of songs that I come back to and I want to listen to again and again. So I think that is undeniably, for me, their number two.
1: Well, obviously, we're going to agree that the debut album is, is unapproachable at number one. It is... It's one of the greatest albums of that decade. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It is absolutely incredible. I mean, We already said it, but top to bottom, every track, every skit, it is a literal masterpiece. And it's, I mean, it's not to say that they haven't done good things since. Obviously they have, but like, let's be clear. It is the strength of that album that has birthed, you know, the 20 years of career that, that they now have. Uh, it is, it's just that damn good.
0: I I mean, you said it best, brother. I I couldn't agree more. It's it's an al- It's a giant amongst you know amongst fucking any albums that came out in that decade, and it's I, it's still just as good today.
1: I was just gonna say, you know, you've seen them live, so you can you can attest. But when you see you know live performances, videos of them doing them, at least it you know. There are certain bands, you know, when they sing songs, you could just feel it in the crowd. And they have so many songs that people just get just giddy with excitement to sing. And it just brings joy to the
0: masses. 100%. And like what's incredible about this album is because they're a band that you don't just go to see if you know, like tribute. For the most part, if you see Tenacious D, it's because you like Tenacious D and you most likely at the least know pretty much the entire first album. So any song off this first album, the crowd goes nuts, and it's like, oh my god, the energy when when they play you know Kilbasa or Fucker Gently or Tribute or Wonder Boy or fucking you know any any of these fucking jams, Karate or Explosivo or Double oh my god Double Team like any of these fucking songs, the crowd goes nuts it's just it's such a good album it it holds it stands the test of time and it's just as good today as it was in 2001 it doesn't sound dated or anything it's fucking awesome
1: just incredible we cannot say enough good things about it
0: No, no we absolutely cannot and now we come to the hard moment Mike the really hard moment this is very tough. This Well, let, let me
1: say that I, I texted you a few days ago, and I was saying there's basically no way that my top five songs will come from anything but the first album because it's so legendary. And that should not end up being the case. I, it, wow. Not at all.
0: Wow. I will say I was easily able to come up with my favorite songs like before narrowing it to the top five. Narrowing it to the top five was one of the hardest of any of the bands or artists we've done yet for me because there's about, I'd say there was like nine songs. I mean, there there were more. There was 13, 13 13-ish that like really competed for it, but there was really like nine that were, end of the day, so fucking hard for me to choose between. And as is classic of me, if you listen to this, as Mike is going to just roll his eyes at his place and know this is happening, I'm literally making right my list right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well,
1: uh, I can go first then, I suppose. Sure. Because I'll tell you right now that my number five is off of Post-Apocalypto. Wow. And it is Making Love. Wow. This song is for me. You don't necessarily need the visual for it; it definitely helps. But this is one of the most complete songs um, on a very short album. And yeah, I man, even if you don't love sort of the beginning, the last that that last stanza where where JB is just going crazy and he's like, "My name is Conchita, and I'm also painfully shy." It's just <laughs> yeah. it's just absolutely incredible. And then just again, it's, it's, it's really heartfelt, you know, in a funny, tenacious D way, it delivers the laughs, but also, you know, coming from like a, a really interesting place of uh, one of their only real sort of love songs. And I just, I really fucking dig it. So okay. number five, making love.
0: Okay. Oh man. Here we go. I've got to i I've got to make a choice. Okay, I'm going to go number five. 39. 39. It Man, it's just such... I mean, Mike, we already sort of gushed about it together for Rise of the Phoenix when we talked about the album. It's just so good. It's. I'd say it this stage of my life it's one of their songs i come back to the most and i like listen to in my car when i'm driving around i just fucking love it it's so i
1: I definitely did not think this would make your list but i was really happy to find out that you dig it because it's my number four wow oh my god amazing Amazing. i just yeah i just think this one is really the, the total package you know, it's it's so fun to listen to. It's it's five-minute song, so it's, like, you know, it's one of their few songs that's really kind of a, a normal length, so to speak. But, yeah, it just just continues to grow on me with, with every listen, and I'm sure we'll only get funnier uh, the older I get.
0: 100%. I feel like it's one of those that's going to just become more and more one of the most played Tenacious D songs as we get older and older.
1: I, I completely agree.
0: Um you know, drinking Mai Tais with his flip-flops on or whatever the line is. Um,
1: very, just a very real song. You know, there's just not a lot of songs about being old and, you know, loving this person even though they're old and obviously in a funny way. It just, it just, yeah. I just hope I make it to 39 so that I could sing this song with somebody else.
0: Same, same. Um, all right, well, without further ado, my number four is also from Rise of the Phoenix, it's the Ballad of Hollywood Jack and the Rage Kitch. And Ooh, okay, yeah, I I remember when I first got the album, I was like, oh my god, like this is one of my favorite Tenacious D songs. I just I love storytelling in songs, and in the strangest way, the strangest way I compare this to Eminem, and that I feel like Eminem is one of the greatest storytellers ever in music and like part of the appeal of him is like you know his whole life and he tells it through song and of course this is a, a funny thing to a degree but I just love that they created this like five minute ballad where they tell the tale of both of them in real life of course very much exaggerated and but it's it's got this somber like really nice sort of just guitar to it and it's like i think guitar i'm i'm like now i'm of course blanking but it's like i love the music and i love the music that goes along with this and then the lyrics and the story and it's sort of this epic to me and i just i think it's absolutely genius and just i i love it i love it i love it i love it
1: dude the m comparison is kind of funny because it really sort of concludes with uh, you know the realization sort of is like Cage, Cage and I are are one and the same. Yes, yes, not, not unlike you know M's Alterego.
0: A hundred percent, M and Slim Shady. There's some there's some parallels here, people. I'm telling you.
1: And whoever he is on Relapse, totally underrated album. <laughs> I'm still gonna die on the Relapse hill, and I I don't care.
0: Hey, Hetty totally agrees with you. Oh, really? Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Big
1: shout out, to Teddy, for being yeah. the only other fan.
0: Love it. We'll get to Eminem one of these days. Um, what's your number three, bro? Uh,
1: number three, I'm going to Pick of Destiny. And that is, dude, I totally miss you.
0: Wow.
1: I just, oh, man, this one, you know, we every time we have a band, there's a song about like, missing anybody or being far away from anybody that always ends up being like one of my favorites but it's just i also think this one really in the course where it's like totally missed the honesty and special times and honestly like it's a well composed song but then it's also just like i like the top comment on youtube when i was watching the like a lyric video to this was just i wish somebody would play this at my funeral and i just the idea of it is just hilarious and now i'm I'm hooked. So, in case I don't have a will when I go, use this as a record. Please play this at my funeral.
0: Okay. Okay. Done deal. Ah, um, oh, it really does hit you in the feels. It's so great.
1: It's I, I'm all alone all the time, but then it like evolves into I totally miss the fucked up thing thing you yeah. do. It's just <laughs> incredible.
0: Great pick. My number three. I'm gonna take us to their debut it's the road
1: oh wow nice
0: pick! i fucking love this song man i know i gushed a little bit when we talked about the album i feel like it's especially for being on by far their their most loved album i think it's super underrated and like like i said earlier i love the content you know when i listen to it I love the concept of sort of being on tour, being told through song, and, of course, a bit of a comedic way. I love the idea of just traveling and being on the road in general. And this song and sort of it's, it's sort of uh bluegrass-y, jazzy, whatever you want to say, style to it, you know, sort of it just it, it gets me amped up. And I just I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it is a really good song. And deserves more love off that album.
1: Yeah, I like this pick. It's maybe I need to give it a little bit more because it's not I've got I've got 31 here and it's not in my top thirty-one.
0: You gotta you gotta give it another listener too.
1: And another one you get the you get a little visual for it uh in the TV show, so check that out for sure. Yes. Uh my number two, I'm finally hitting up the self title to the debut. There he is wonder boy wow wow i think i mean i've always always loved this song and it's just it's one that you know it right from the beginning when you hear it and you just like get that sort of internal like jitters like incitement maybe even swoovies, and you're just uh you know the longevity of it definitely plays a factor but it's I mean, we said so much about it. But, yeah, the video just keeps – it's is is still epic to this day and it only maybe gets more so. And it's I, – I don't know what the mucky muck world is, but I oh. want to be a part of it. It's just incredible.
0: <laughs> Dude. Ugh, the ending of the song is so fucking good.
1: Yeah. Dude, another one. Talk about like a story song. It's this whole elaborate universe where they're – you know, enemies of each other. And then they form a band. It's just, it's just a, a an amazing bit of imagination uh, that all comes together to to create pure magic.
0: It is pure magic, and oh, it absolutely pains me to say it's not in my top five because it it is one of my honorables that was debated for so long to be in it, and and really, on a given day, could be in my top five. 100%. It's just, oh, it's so good, Mike. You're making me sad that I didn't put it in my top five. Um, My number two with that said is Tribute.
1: Okay, great, because it's not in my top five, so I'm glad we hit the two big ones uh, and we both skated by there.
0: Yep, And it's, you know, it's so funny because I love Tribute and Wonderboy two of their biggest songs, two of my favorite songs. And, you know, I'd say on this listen through of all their stuff, Wonder Boy was hitting me just ever so slightly less, which sometimes it's like really, truly like the most magical, you know, epic song, especially because I think Wonder Boy has like the most incredible sort of little acoustic guitar breakdown that lends itself to the magic. But on this listen through, I was just reminded that tribute, I mean, it's where it all started for most of us. And like, fuck, man, it's so goddamn good. Like the concept behind the song, writing this tribute to the best song in the world, and like writing about this journey where they then had to write the best song in the world. It's it's so good. Like it doesn't get old to me. Like we've been listening to this song for twenty years, and the same thing could be said about a song like Wonder Boy. But like we've been listening to this song for twenty years, it really just hasn't gotten old for me yet. And I have to acknowledge, I have to acknowledge the the scope and the the epicness of this song. It's just it, it it slays. And and live, I mean, get out of here. It's obviously the song that the place goes the most nuts to
1: yeah and even though i mentioned it has fallen out of the rotation a bit there's still you know there's there's parts that are undeniable like I, and i'm sure this kicks ass live it's just we are but men rock you yes. just can't help you oh. get fucking excited and even i love where like it almost dips down for a second and then it's just like and the funny thing is the song we played that day didn't actually sound anything like this. It just goes right back. It's just incredible.
0: Oh. Yeah, of course like that Oh my god. It's just so many.
1: What's great is that both both these songs have like the ridiculous Jack Black scat style that he does, you know, in riga goo goo riga goo goo in one It's just so
0: so God. good i love that we got the sort of two of the big boys at number two one for each of us
1: well don't worry because number one we're hitting another big boy
0: i had a feeling that, for you
1: that is that is fuck her gently wow. and and really the hard fucking skit helps to frame the song in a great way but it's just i i really i i am in no way joking when i say i think this is actually a bit of genius like, the the laughs per line uh, are above maybe any song ever in history. And this is the one that, having not listened to it for God knows how long, I guarantee I know every single word. And I just, like, find myself singing it to myself, like, all the time. And even just, like, the little – you know, there's little bits of storytelling in it that kind of stick with you as well, where are just like, like, wait a minute, Sally is a line that you're just like, well, where did that even come from? You know, like, it's just <laughs> – It's just telling this like sort of intimate tale um, and you could kind of picture it in your head and it's just, it just, it really ticks all the boxes for me. I just can't say, say it enough. Absolute genius track.
0: Incredible track. Incredible track. Um, Great choice, of course. I mean, it, it barely missed my, my top five, but uh, absolutely. I mean, when you put it like that dude it's unbelievable it really is just like the funniest fucking song and just so quotable like so quotable um my number one it's also off self-titled the debut and it's as mike deemed perhaps the catchiest song on the album kielbasa
1: Oh, right. Okay, Kilbasa was six. It was the very first one cut, oh, so another, I'm so glad.
0: Dude. I like, okay, like some of the other songs I find more epic. Some of the whatever, you know, there's there's certain reasons why I love certain songs. At the end of the day, there is no song that I can listen to as much, and it just never, ever tire me out as Kilbasa. I fucking love it. It's so catchy it does i feel like it does everything that tenacious d does well in one song and the breakdown of course where they get to the part where you know you know what time it is tenacious d time you motherfucker go fuck yeah i mean i think it's like the most i think the only other moment in their Discography that even comes close is the final throwdown in throwdown when they build up to the final throwdown. Like it's such an epic climactic moment. Um I mean, the song isn't about much, obviously, but it's so fucking good and catchy. And I think every fan would say that it's one of their most fun and most loved songs. And it just it is for a reason. Look,
1: it is about anal sex, so yes. it yes. is about much. So
0: it is about much, but,
1: <laughs> but you are, you are right that this one absolutely never gets old, and it, and it kind of evolves uh, a lot over the song, so it, it does always keep you interested, and yes. it just it's hard to even pick the best moments in that respect because you know, like, right, Daniel. and then right right after that now fucking get it on it slays oh. again with the guitar you know like it has two epic moments in that in that way
0: and, and then and, and then jables of course gets sort of his high pitch voice and you're smoking up a big ass bowl of weed with me and kg you right incredible so good oh
1: check my dipstick you need, you need lubrication, lubrication honey
0: I Incredible. could it just got to perform.
1: What what a track. And yeah. you're right, it is it is extremely tenacious day. Like it is everything they're amazing at uh really kind of pushed into one song. In in that respect, it is an absolute legendary track. No one could deny.
0: Oh, well, great top five on both on both sides of this coin, I can say. I was very I really liked yours. I really I mean, of course I like mine, but I thought we both had great little lists right there,
1: yeah, and no, like I said, I'm actually surprised how much we went to the other albums, um, given how good the first one is, so you know really if if you are one of the people that listened to them when you were younger or kind of gave up, let's say after the first album, because there's been breaks in between, you know go back and, and listen to the full discography, and uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, me too. And I was, of course, extra surprised by you just because, again, like you had said to everyone, you texted me being like, yeah, I mean, my top five are going to all be off the first, you know? So it's like, it's pretty incredible that you listen through and you're like, oh, shit. But, yeah,
1: and I got one from every every album in there, too, which wasn't intentional. But I
0: fantastic. only got Rise of the Phoenix and and the debut, but uh, obviously I know we have a lot of honorable mentions Um, I'll kick us off. I have to say the I'd say the there was a few that absolutely destroyed me to keep off. And those were one that actually was in the top five and was slotted out pretty late in the game with City Hall. I think City Hall is just an epic masterpiece of a song. I'm actually still like upset about it, sort of. But City Hall, Wonder Boy, Karate, and then... A song that I toiled over actually off Rise of the Phoenix, Throw Down. Throw because and I'll tell you, Throw Down Live might even be better than Kill Boss Alive. Like Throw Down, when I saw that song live, it builds and builds to the final like it's on to throw, throw Down. It they are going Jack is going insane up there, sort of thinking about the meaning of the song as someone that doesn't, you know, no offense to anyone else out there, but You know, I agree with sort of their thoughts on religion. I think that it's I don't really believe in religion, so I'm very much on board with the message that they're trying to relay in the song and just I think that song fucking rocks. But those were the four that like killed me to keep off. I'll give some others, but I'm going to let Mike jump in first.
1: Uh, yeah I mean I I mentioned sasquatch already that I think is dope I, I think colors off the latest album is also really good uh friendship has always been a big one for me uh, do and uh, I guess let's see we covered oh history I think history also is a cool one as well because it's you know it doesn't come out I mean it's it's in the show then it's in uh, the movie as well and then it appears on that album so it has it has a lot of range that I think is cool
0: mm-hmm Dude, this is actually great because we have like all different ones. Because my other honorables are uh, Beelzebos, The Final Showdown. I love that off, off the Pick a Destiny album. Um, Fucker Gently, which I know you, you, is your number one. Uh, Kyle Took a Bullet for Me from the show. And Explosivo.
1: She felt like the shit. She's
0: good to go. She's good to go. <laughs> She's good to fucking go. Uh oh, man, the D just have so many good fucking songs. It's unreal. Uh, I could list, like, like, a whole debut album. Seriously.
1: <laughs> really good. And, again, all the skits. Yeah, I mean, we, we should maybe touch on it quickly because we have brought it up on other episodes. Skits are on a lot of albums, especially around this time. And, and maybe I'm going out on a limb, but, like, most of the time they're unnecessary or bad. And these ones, especially on the debut album, are absolutely incredible.
0: Drive Thru deserves an honorable mention. Like for the top Dude, five songs. Drive one note deserve-
1: song is hilarious. Uh my wife can verify that I do inward singing like probably once <laughs> no, a month. You it just don't, like pops no, my head. <laughs> Yes. But I only like I'll just like be sitting there just going, And hey, no, no, I'm never yeah. fucking <laughs> It's just so fucking funny, dude. And I just was yeah. like, and actually it sounds better when I'm doing the Edwards thing. it's And again, what they're doing is just, you know, it deserves praise because again, they have to be good in the music. They have to deliver the comedy. And then, you know, they're doing these skits which are really just straight up comedy skits. And they just, it takes a, it takes a lot of talent to be able to do what they do across the board. You know, we mentioned obviously, that Jack is in a ton of shit as an actor and he's awesome at that as well. And they just, uh, man, I, I do not believe that the D is gone. I think that they will do at least one more album, but, uh, every time it's, you know, it's only been a couple years, but in, in between every time it's been, you know, five, six years, I'm like this, this might be it. And it makes me sad.
0: I know, Sam, Sam. And, and dude, what you said about the skits, like that is another reason, by the way, that I'm so high on city hall So I feel like it's this epic sort of meshing of like a song with their storytelling abilities and creating like a fictional land, but then also sort of involving skits in it. It's just brilliant. Brilliant.
1: Also another great M connection. M is really one of the only other guys that I think nails skits, Skits. at least for me.
0: Who knew that Eminem and Tenacious D had so much in common?
1: I would like to see them all hang out, just see what happens. Me too.
0: Me too. Marshall, Jack, and 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 Cage. I mean, M loves a, comedy. We know that. What a trio. Incredible. Ugh.
1: Well, if we get to the portion of the podcast where we're talking about how Tanacious D is like M, we've probably reached the end.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's been it's been a glorious couple hours, my friend. What Good way I to had.
1: kick off twenty twenty one. Fantastic week. Very, very happy
0: with this. Me too. Me too. And, you know, we'd love, we'd love if you would tell us your top five D songs. So, or, you know, just let us know what you think of Post Apocalypto. If you think it sucks, if you think it's good. Whose side you're on in that debate. Just reach out to us. Let us know. We're on Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Dives. We're on Twitter at Top Dives. And we are on... Gmail, you can email us at topfivesanddeepdives at gmail.com. And Mike, just before we leave, I just want to give the people one recap of our top five songs. So mine was going down from five to one, 39, The Ballad of Hollywood Jack and the Rage Cage, The Road, Tribute, and Kielbasa at number one. How about you?
1: I'm Making Love, 39, nine, Two Die Total Emissary, Wonder Boy, and Fuck Her Gently. So yeah, reach out to us uh, because that's obviously the best list and I need to be verified.
0: <laughs> oh, <too long>, <laughs> uh, yeah. Please, please tell him he's wrong and accept for 39. And we'll see you guys next week. Top 5s and deep
1: dives with how to TM. Top 5s and deep dives with how to beat TM. Top 5s and deep dives with how to beat TM. Top 5s and deep dives with how to Tartan Scorsese Followed by quinton Taran